Yeah, that was funny. Anyways, are we all ready? You ready? Shit. Do I got my notes? Yes, I do. All right. This is going to be a mess of an episode. Yeah, it is. I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> Me neither. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of 4.30 in the morning. This is your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. 60. Big 6-0, man. Big 6-0. You know, they're saying that 60 is a new 40. Are they? They've been saying that. Who's they? The people. Who's the people? The people that say shit. <laughs> Anyways. That's funny. Uh, episode 60, 6 What do you got for episode 60? you have anything interesting? Episode 60. I feel like there's a lot of football players with the number 60, but I don't know I why. I can't come up with any of them. I don't know why. Uh, DeCastro? Or was he 66? I don't think he was 60. 60 he, is not a number that I've seen a whole he, lot. He was either 60 or 66. He was probably 66. Okay. I don't know. Anyways, I do have a football player we could talk about, though. Oh, God. Here we go. That's a guy that you would never associate with NFL football. Okay. You probably didn't even know this guy played in the NFL. Sure. Are you familiar with the actor, Terry Crews? Uh, he's in the Expendables. He's in the Old Spice commercials. Yes, I definitely am. And I, I think I did know that he played in the NFL at one point. I was doing some research on Terry Crews, and he is one of the most talented people of all time. <laughs> Because he's best known as an actor. Uh, he's done a bunch of TV roles. He's in the Old Spice commercials. I know him best from The Expendables. He's in The Expendables franchise. I don't know if you've ever seen those. Yeah. Uh, he's pretty good in those. Um, did, did This might have to be cut. I'm sorry. But did you ever see the interview with Terry Crews and Don Lamont? Yes. That, that was just absolutely ridiculous. That was funny. I'm sorry. That, that was part of why I started thinking about him, because I was thinking about the interview back when I was researching for the last episode. Yeah. And it was a good interview. Yeah, like, really I, I like Terry Crews a lot. Me too. He played in the NFL. Now, you look at a guy that big, you're like, of course he did. But he was actually in the in the league in the 90s. He was drafted in the 11th round back in 1991, I think, mm. out of Western Michigan. He was a defensive end. Wow. Defensive end and a linebacker. Now, he wasn't great as a football player, but he was at least good enough to get into the league. Yeah, no shit. He hung around uh, until 1994. Five, but he was on the practice squad in 1996 for somebody. Okay. He played with the Rams, the Chargers, and the team now known as the Washington football team. He saw the most time with the Washington football team, or the team that's now known as the Washington football team. Okay. He had 57 tackles in the league, and he played in 32 total games. Hmm. But he was kind of a fringe guy. Like he was like like a practice squad guy mostly. But he would get in. He'd get in occasionally. He'd get sure. some of the active roster and play. Good for him, man. So he had he had some time in the league. I think it's pretty cool that he had some time in the league. Yeah. Now he is one of the most talented to people of all time actor football player and as a side hustle back when he was like banging around the practice squads in the nfl uh-huh. he was making supplemental income as a portrait artist no shit he would draw portraits mostly of teammates that could afford it basically he would do a portrait yeah. of them or the family or whatever sure that's how he'd supplement his income that's and incredible also has had multiple jobs as a courtroom sketch artist that's for so awesome. either media companies or for municipalities or whatever no shit so he can draw, he can play football, and he can act. Jack of all trades, man. And what's even funnier is his first scholarship offer coming out of high school was an art scholarship. It wasn't even a football scholarship. So That's crazy. And he still made it to the league. And he still made it to the league, and he's best known as an actor. And he never took an acting class either. i got to look up his highlights. i gotta, I got to see him play. There's not a whole lot there because this is the 90s we're talking about. But Maybe any college film on him? Probably not. Western, you're probably Western Michigan. Western Michigan, the Mac. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Maybe know. not. <laughs> hey, he was drafted though. Yeah, that that's more than Tony Romo can say. <laughs> right. 
Anyways, I thought that was kind of interesting. That's awesome. Interesting yeah, little anecdote. Good one. Yeah. Before we get into our news stories. Yeah. Anyways, on to the news. What kind of news you got? I saw this. So, all right, this is from Odd News. It's our favorite. Yes. And I also saw this uh, on AP News as well. Okay. But I chose the Odd News article. Of course you did. Police recover stolen 58-foot bridge in Ohio. Suspect charged. I saw this one because I saw this one earlier in the week when the bridge <laughs> got stolen. <laughs> And then I saw it after it got recovered as well. <laughs> no, I do not have this one. But okay, I thought for sure you would have this This was one. my emergency backup if I couldn't come up with two better ones. Okay. So, no, let's get into this one. Okay. Though. Police in Ohio said, said they have arrested a suspect accused of stealing an entire 58-foot pedestrian bridge that was being temporarily stored in a field. The Akron Police Department said David Bramley, 63, of Sharon Township, was arrested and charged with felony theft after a search warrant executed on a property in Medina County resulted in the partially disassembled bridge being recovered. I always referred to it as Medina County, and my father would get mad at me back in the old days. I could see why. Police said Bramley allegedly paid a local trucking company for a crane service, and the crane was used to lift the bridge on and off a vehicle, <laughs> used to transport it from the Akron field at which it was being stored to the Medina County property. <laughs> So this guy got a crane out there. So, yeah. Okay. How, how didn't anyone see this happening? I was envisioning that it was just like a group of hillbillies that yeah, just me too. it away. Me too. Me they too. got a crane out there. They got a crane now, out here, and they load it onto a truck. What kind of profit margin are they looking at in case, if they actually pull this one off? Like, how valuable is the material of the bridge compared to the amount that it costs to get a crane out there? You know, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're gonna like scrap the steel or something. I don't know. I can't imagine it's that. I guess all well, 58 feet, maybe. Let's see how much they actually took. Okay, Let's hold on here. Um, the bridge formerly served as a pedestrian walkway along the Little Cuyahoga River in Middlebury Run Park, but was moved to an open field as part of a wetlands restoration project. Police said the city had planned to repurpose the bridge in another location, but discovered it had been stolen from the storage field. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Authorities did not reveal any positive, possible motive for the theft. Police discovered on November 3rd that someone had removed the treated deck boards of the 10-foot-wide, 6-foot-tall structure. On November 11th, they found the material frame had been taken. Uh, uh, this is absolutely hilarious. So I, I guess they they took all of it. They took the frame. That is absolutely hilarious. I, I'm assuming that they were just going to take it apart and somehow sell the metal or scrap it, maybe melt it down. I don't know. That has to be the only reason why anybody I can't would. think of Or they just really needed a fucking bridge of their own. 58 feet, though. Like, what what kind of crevice are they trying to breach? I don't know, man. I have no idea. They have to just be trying to steal the resources. Now, I would have that I, idea. If that was just sitting out there and I could get to the area, I'd at least contemplate the logistics of trying to steal it. Sure. Now, would I go through with it? No. Would I call a crane company out there to <laughs> to crane it out? I'm just, Definitely. <laughs> I'm just wondering why the city put it in just this this remote field where anybody can just take it. Like, nobody saw you, this happening? You see that type of thing, though. You see that type of thing. Okay, for example. Yeah, like, I've I've driven, like, through the country and just seen random shit on, like, in a field. Shit growing all around it and everything. Like, I'm sure I'm sure random shit is dumped. That that but, shit happens, though. Yeah, I People I, store I stuff it. in weird things. Well, perfect I, example. I 
Perfect example. 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, I can't remember how long ago. Cedar Point. We were driving to Cedar Point mm-hmm. late in the season. Like, we had the season pass us. So we would go in, like, October. and no- Like, the one that we went in November, like, November 1st or something. And sitting on the one back row that we took into the park mm-hmm. were the tracks for the Maverick. Just sitting there. <laughs> and it's like, what the hell are these red roller coaster tracks doing? <laughs> Just sitting around, yeah, they just got, it was just they, like they just got freaking. They didn't. Know, they just got rid of them, and they were just <laughs> sitting on the side of the road. They were sitting on the side of the road, and we were like, "How have we not heard about? Are they building a new roller coaster?" Is what we immediately were thinking about, and it's like. There's no security there. Anybody with a crane could just start hauling away the Maverick, basically. <laughs> but that's ridiculous. They do shit like that. Yeah. Now, for sure. Who the hell are these crane operators? Are they just <laughs> are they sitting around on call? Like, maybe this is their slow season. I don't know. And if they're gonna like try and scrap it, like them, like those scrap yards, like you can't just take anything there. Like if they notice you have metal from like the railroad, they'll call the police. You're not allowed to take that shit. Exactly. So I think someone's gonna notice whether you have a damn bridge or especially, you, you have parts to a bridge. Especially if this bridge has been... Uh, Unless they melt it all, I, I guess. That's the only... But you know. people don't have the infrastructure in place to just... Yeah, you can't no, just no start melting way. steel. Like, how the hell... Yeah. <laughs> you don't have the household objects to just, yeah. start, <laughs> <laughs> just start melting steel. Right, man. So I, the only thing I can think of is they're, they... They were gonna scrap this. Uh, I, don't know. I don't understand. I don't. I don't know why any other reason. Unless you take it apart and use it to build a different structure with the with the with the steel. I don't like. No, I can't. They, I can't think of anything else. They had the idea to get the scrap without the plan in place to do anything <laughs> with it. Is what I think it was. Unbelievable. Anyways, we took up five minutes on that uh, story, but that was yeah. that was well worth it. That was hilarious. What do you got? This is probably gonna be my weakest news segment that I'm ever gonna run in the history of 4:30 in the morning. Okay. My first one comes from the dailymail.co.uk, which is that UK website. Your favorite. Eric Clapton wins lawsuit against German woman who tried to sell bootleg CD of his 1987 concert for $11 on eBay. (laughs) And now she owes thousands in court fees. Are you kidding me? Don't mess with Eric Clapton, man. Now, I'm just going with the SparkNotes version of this news story that they featured on their website. Because they, they give you, like, the SparkNotes, and then they give the actual story. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read the SparkNotes for you, for our listeners. The woman, known only as Gabrielle P., claimed her late husband bought the CD of a Clapton concert back in the 80s and insisted that she didn't know she was violating any copyright law when she listed it on a popular online auction. But following the German judge's ruling this past week, the woman who never sold the live concert CD, never sold the CD, (laughs) will now have to pay nearly $4,000 in court costs for copyright infringement, according to the German news outlet DW. The bootlegged title, Eric Clapton Live USA, was listed on eBay for $9.95 euros. I don't know what a euro cent is. Me neither. Or about $11.20. For one day before it was removed. Somehow Clapton got word of the posting, took legal action, sent the court an affidavit stating that the records were illegal. The woman who lives in a small German town of Ratzingen, which is about an hour south of Cologne, told the court her husband bought it at a popular department store in 1987. The judge ruled it didn't matter that she hadn't purchased a CD herself and did not know that the recording was done illegally. In the end, the injunction required the defendant to pay the legal fees of both parties, which came to about 3,400 euros. Jesus. Which translates into about 4,000 American dollars. So. Basically, Eric Clapton's a petty motherfucker, is what this is boiling down to. Yeah, this is pretty ridiculous. And when I originally read the story, it looked like 
eBay brought the listing down on its own, saying that if you want to sell this, you have to get in contact with the lawyer. Uh-huh. Or not with the lawyer, with the, with the artist. Yeah. And the first time I read it, it made it look like a, a, a shitty lawyer talked her into suing Eric Clapton, and he <laughs> countersued back. Uh-huh. But it looks like now he just found he out just about found it. out about it. Now she basically just made a CD. Her husband bought a CD at a department store, supposedly that okay. ended up being a a bootleg, meaning someone somehow recorded an illegal oh my god concert without his permission. It wasn't even their fault. She, her husband bought it in 1987. Jesus, Lord. she decided to sell it now. Yeah, just to get rid eBay of it. Yeah, for eleven dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Poor girl. And Eric Clapton found out and was like, nope, That's can't ridiculous. do that. And Come now on. he won. He won <sighs> the lawsuit. Unreal. And now she has to pay the legal fees. Like, I get, like, some people try to really get away with that type of shit and, exactly. sell, and sell a lot of bootlegged records and make money off it. Yeah. I get it. But if I was Eric Clapton, I would have, like, nobody investigated this. Like, they didn't go to her and be like, you know what I mean? Like, it's one record. And she didn't even sell it. Or, or, yeah. It, it was listed for sold. a day. The worst thing is that, that would happen is that they could take it and confiscate it. Like, maybe maybe he saw a trend in this same particular bootlegged record, and he was just like, not again, these bastards, I'm going to get them. Maybe something maybe, like that happened. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm just giving, I'm I'm trying to see both sides here, how, I can't, you know what I mean? It just seems like, the, it's, it's, it's small potatoes, it seems like the smallest. Yeah, for sure, like, for sure. And I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm kind of an Eric Clapton fan. I'm like, a huge Eric Clapton fan. I like his music. But it would be shitty if he just. Did this on purpose. On purpose. No, yeah. his, his moral compass is all over the place lately. Sure. Like, he can, he can piss everybody off with, like, one sentence. <laughs> so. Which I don't really mind that. I like his I like his art. Sure, definitely. Uh Derek and the Dominoes. Mm. They rocked pretty hard back in those days. Yep. And then uh one thing about Eric Clapton that I was thinking about for a little bit. He kinda sorta looks like Ringo Starr these days. I haven't really seen what he looked like. They kinda looks got like if you look up Eric Clapton, you look up Ringo Starr. They've got a very similar style going on. Okay. It's like they're trying to copy Bono, but they're old, too <laughs> oh, old God. to like pull off the look. Sure. So That's hilarious. Anyways. That's a good one. Eric Clapton, at least he's winning in court these days. Yeah, at least he's winning. I don't he, know. I think he he's... Just, he just had a tour here. Did he really? Yeah, my uh, my buddy went to Tennessee to see him. There you go. Yeah, see him in concert. See, he keeps coming out. Like every every year, he comes out and says he's done touring, and then he starts touring. Again. A lot of them will. A lot of them do it because yeah. they miss it. Like I have know? a feeling that Bob Seger is going to tour again, even though that was a good show. We went yeah, to. we went to that one, even though he said he's not going to tour again. I have a feeling he's going to be back in action. Yeah, I think Paul Simon said that, and then he went on another tour, and I saw him, which he needs to. Uh, he needs to stop touring. <laughs> is it getting bad? Because he's pretty bad. I saw him on <laughs> SNL like 10 years ago, and I was like, Paul, I love you, but it's time Dude, to give it up. Dude, I love, I absolutely love Paul Simon. I love his music. He is a, he is a poet, but uh, he's got to hang it up. Because <laughs> he just doesn't, he don't, he just does not have it. He can still play the guitar good, but he, his voice is out. His, his voice is done. Yeah. Anyways, what else you got for the news? I got one from Live Science. Wind from Earth's middle layer blows through a secret passage beneath Panama. So the Earth is just blown wind, man. No wonder it stinks. How do they know this? We're going to find out. Uh-oh. 
Researchers just discovered a geological hidden passageway, a geological secret passage beneath Panama. May explain why rocks from Earth's mantle are found more than 1,000 miles from where they are originated. This never-before-discovered form of transport may also help explain why Panama has very few active volcanoes. On the west coast of Central America, the Cocos Tectonic Plate is dividing down and pushes oceanic crust under the continental crust of the North American Caribbean and Panama Tectonic Plates, a process called subduction. This subduction zone creates a line of volcanoes called the Central American Volcanic Arc where lava pushes through the boundaries. But the volcanism stops in western Panama, which sits on the Panama Plate, said David Beckert, the postdoctoral scholar in marine chemistry and ge geochemistry at Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution in Massachusetts. This related piece has long been a mystery now. Beckert and his colleagues report in a new study published November 23rd in the journal Proceeding of the National Academy of Sciences that the culprit may be a window-like opening in the Cocos tectonic plate that's pushed down towards the Earth's center. So, pretty crazy. Yeah, this one brought me back to my days of taking geology in college. Sure. I got a C in that class. <laughs> that was my second lowest college grade ever. This is a really long article, but uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. There's a lot that they don't understand about the Earth. Yeah, a that's lot. basically what I'm gathering from that. Now, what I'm thinking is this is possibly, you know, the path, the path to where the aliens are. Exactly, or the path to Agartha, which is the inner Earth, which is the Hollow Earth theory. Yes, that's kind of what I'm thinking. And maybe now they're like, oh shit, they found us. Oh shit, you know, maybe they're scrambling. I don't know. See, I don't know if they're scrambling. I think they're smarter than we are. Probably. But there's a lot going on with that article. A there lot is that a went lot going head. on with that article, and I'm not going to continue reading it because it's going to take all day. But yeah, and I got. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was interesting. I got a it's pretty I, pretty something cra crazy to find. Exactly. And I got a C in geology, so I recognized the word subduction, but I couldn't tell you what it meant. <laughs> so. Sure. That's basically all I got for news. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I've got one more. This is a really quick one. Let's get at it. And this one's going to take us back to episode number 48. Okay. Which I think was our Dumb Laws episode. That was a good which one. Which was the one that we recorded before work. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And this is a pretty funny news story, and we're going to be going back to a news story that we talked about. This one comes from our favorite odd news. Escaped zebras returned to Maryland herd after th more than three months on the loose. <laughs> so back on that episode, we talked about escaped zebras in like Minnesota or Wisconsin or Missouri or somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then I mentioned on the article that there was a separate escaped zebras case going on in Maryland. <laughs> And this is the resolution of that separate case that okay. I mentioned briefly. Awesome. Authorities in Maryland said two zebras on the loose since August have returned to their herd. <laughs> since August. <laughs> They're out in the wild since August in Unbelievable. Maryland. Unbelievable. The Prince George's County Department of Environment, of the environment, they have a department of the environment. Wow. I don't know. Confirmed that the zebras are back with the rest of the herd owned by Jerry Holly, but no details were given on how the animals were recovered. <laughs> Three zebras escaped from Holly's property in August, but one was later found dead in an illegal snare trap. Who was found what? That was found dead in an illegal snare trap. Are you shitting me? <laughs> what what the hell are they trying to trap in Maryland? Isn't yeah, Maryland what, mostly, what? I guess it's Appalachian, I guess. Parts of it are. Yeah. What are they trying to s snare trap? Cougars? Bears? I would assume bears. 
I I can't figure that one out. But I guess one one was lost in the in the oh, in the boy. snare trap. What a way to go! Howie himself was charged with three counts of animal cruelty following the discovery. <laughs> Court officials said the investigation of the zebra escape and Howie's treatment of his herd is ongoing. Wow! So somehow this guy has a herd of zebras. <laughs> three escaped. One went down. Two were roaming since August. Where are people getting all these exotic animals? I, this is absolutely ridiculous. I can't figure it out. And obviously, Tiger King, one of our favorite shows, kind of sheds a light on that a little bit. But Dude, I don't know if this is true, but this was said on a Joe Rogan episode. He said that there are more tigers in the state of Texas, like by citizens and whatnot, sure. than there are more out in the wild in that, Africa. That doesn't surprise me. That is insane to me. Just Texas. And that statistic was shown on... Tiger King as well, but it was said not Texas. It was said the entire United States. Oh, okay. But it wouldn't surprise me if it's just Texas. Yeah, because I th- there's I, only I, I seem I seem to remember him saying Texas. I think there's less than ten thousand wild tigers out there anymore. Crazy. Now, what blew my mind with the Tiger King is you you saw you saw those white tigers if you watch the show. Yes. Uh, back this was years and years and years ago. This, I was a really little kid, probably. Seven or eight, but Tim was there and he remembers this event as well. Mm-hmm. We were at the local county fair with our grandparents. Yeah. And they were explaining to us what the fair was. And they were like, You're going to see animals, but it's not like a zoo. It's going to be like farm animals and stuff. So we walked through the barns and we saw all the cows and the sheep and the goats and everything. Yeah. And we walk out of the one barn and sitting in a cage was a white tiger. <laughs> and we were like, You wouldn't tell us that there were going to be tigers here. And they're like, Well, we didn't know about it. <laughs> and it was the craziest thing of all time. Why do they have a tiger there? I don't know, but it was just like it, here. Yes, locally, like our In county. Our county. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. We have like the worst fair ever. Yes. I've I've never I never went to fairs when I was a kid. I've only sure. been to fairs when I was older. I only went to the one when I was little. That's the only time I've ever been to a <laughs> county fair. I think. And ours is the worst. Sure, because there's yeah. not a whole lot of rural area, really. I don't, I don't think I've seen animals there. The times I've went, we we saw a white tiger sitting there in a cage, and it was, it was just unreal. it was the weirdest thing of all time. Now, do you remember when our zoo had the white lion? Yes, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. My uncle said that that was a terrible thing because they're bred that way and they're not actually wild. Oh. Oh, that's cool though to see that. Yeah, but that that seeing that tiger was just like. It's like a life-changing event. Yeah, and I'm never going to forget the, you know, it was because it was, it was after dark, or it yeah. was getting towards sunset, so just the eyes popping out. Oh, man. That's just what I remember, and the white body was just like, holy hell, this Unreal. is cr-. And we were just like right there next to this beast. <laughs> that's closest I've probably ever been to a tiger. Probably closer than anything you could see at a zoo or anything, so. Yeah, that's like, that's that's crazy, man. Yeah, and I was really right. little. That could have been 20 years ago, honestly. But like, you, you never realize how, like, majestic animals are until you're right by them, or how, like, how powerful they could be. How just easily they could kill you. Exactly. Like, when, like when we were in the Everglades... And we were by the 14-foot alligators. That that shit was crazy. I, I couldn't. I'd have a hard time with that one. It was crazy, yeah. Then we had another story real quick. Uh, a family friend who lived out a couple counties southwest of where we live. I'm not going to say the exact area, but a couple counties southwest. Not too far, like an hour southwest. Mm-hmm. She was at her vet down there. And with her dogs, she had a couple dogs. And she said that the one day a, a van pulled up and a person got out, walked up to the front desk and everybody started scattering really quickly. Mm-hmm. And they went back to the van and on a rope, they walked in a grown ass tiger into the vet. Oh my and God. And they walked in like right past her <laughs> through Jesus the, uh, God. through the lobby or whatever. And it was just like. Unbelievable. 
just like grown ass tiger. So that would freak me out. I'd probably yeah. run too. Could you imagine just like sitting in like a lobby, like at your like, say you had a dog, you're taking a dog in for a checkup, and there's a tiger like coming face to face with you? That'd be ridiculous. Anyways, I would totally, yeah, I would totally hightail it out of there. Anyways, talk about encountering nature though. Don't you like encountering nature? Yes. Well, we are not going to be encountering nature with our uh, with our new topic, with our main topic, aren't we? That's true. And we have to give a big shout out to Paige. Okay, we're going to have to take it back here for a minute. Okay, we're going to have to give a shout out to Paige from Ohio. Yes. Who well, was also our first Twitter follower? In which episode did we? Announced that which episode was that like was that number five or I think six? it was number five that number five so way back in episode number five we announced our first Twitter follower Paige from Ohio yes and it was just it was a really awesome moment on the show definitely and Paige has given us a topic this week yes this is one of our first ever listener sent in main topics yes and what is this main topic today man this topic is the metaverse yes. The metaverse. Pat, what in the hell is the metaverse? You know, I've been trying to figure that out since we <laughs> I, established the topic. I've been trying to figure it, figure it out, too. And I have it written down that nobody can define the metaverse because really nobody can't. actually nobody actually knows what it is. Right. Um, I saw an article written like 12 hours ago that had Elon Musk's quote on mm-hmm. the metaverse. And he says that the term metaverse is nothing more than a marketing buzzword, basically. Yeah, I can see it. And... I can't really figure it out. Now, what I have written down as the metaverse is basically the concept of creating a virtual environment where you combine the power of the internet with virtual reality technology, mm-hmm. but you can accomplish more than just like video games with it. Yes, you can. Like, you, you can, can do com- more. You can accomplish basically everyday tasks. Yes. In this in this world. So. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I have written down on mine. Yeah, and uh, I looked at some pretty crazy articles. I read one from USA Today in the Wall Street Journal. I don't know if you saw any of those articles. I was watching mostly YouTube videos about it, but okay. yeah, I've seen it from the same sources so so the term actually isn't really that new we you and i talked about you actually have the the book from author neil uh, neil stevenson snow crash yes yeah i read about four pages of it and i could not get into <laughs> it so so but basically in this book um he basically took uh universe and meta and he meshed them together to create the metaverse term sure and he envisioned a, like a lifelike human-like avatars who met in realistic 3d buildings or other virtual reality environments now this is what he thought of back in 1992 and the other book when the book came out the other one is uh ready player one yeah i think it was douglas adams that wrote that one i Mm -hmm. think and that's another similar concept where you basically enter an augmented reality that's controlled by computers basically yep so i would say snow crash and ready player one are two really good now it's it's hard to really say what this is really actually going to be because some are saying that this is going to completely change the internet how the internet is going to work and but then others are like now it's hard to say like are all these companies like getting together and building this or are all these companies having their own because it's kind of hard to distinguish that that's the other thing i'm running into with my research i can't really figure out either because you got like the microsoft metaverse or the metaverse because the guy can't say his views very well (laughs) 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 and you've got you got the Zuckerberg metaverse, which Facebook metaverse. Which Facebook is actually called Meta now. Yes, that's the the parent the, company. The company name. Yep. Yes. And Zuckerberg. 
Zuckerberg is investing hardcore into this. Yes, so yeah. is Microsoft and uh, like Epic Games and Minecraft and Roblox. They're all investing hardcore into this, and it, 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 it's like who's actually like making this? Like, like what is actually going on with this? See, and what I'm trying to figure out, and yeah, we have to establish it as like essentially a software platform, kind of like Microsoft Windows or Mac or whatever, mm-hmm. where you utilize apps. But it's all virtual reality based. Right. Which I think is where we need to start. They want to make this, because right now there's already virtual reality shit out there. Okay, you have open world video games, you have the headsets that people wear, Like, but this is something completely different. This is something where this is accessible to everybody. And Well, that's the idea at least. Yes, that anybody, and this is a total separate reality, and they're going to try and make it to where it's indistinguishable from real reality. Yeah, and that's where the logistics start to run, and you start to run into logistical issues really quickly with that, because yes. um, what the one thing that I think we got to throw in there real quick is we think about the video game aspect of it, mm-hmm. and virtual reality video games have been around forever. Like, I've known people yep. that play them. I can't, I've never done it. I've never put on one of those headsets. I would either. I can't. You're scared. I just, yeah, exactly. I can't. <laughs> can't do it and we've seen like we watched black mirror before i think we've talked about it yes it's scary and there's nothing good to me that comes out of it yeah like i can understand how it could be hyper realistic and very immersive i can understand that i don't need that i don't need that in my life (laughs) either man now what the other thing they're starting to throw into it is as like like with the coronavirus for example the pandemic going on yes the working remotely in an office setting yep they're trying to use the metaverse to simulate working in an office yeah so you're working remotely but you're not on a zoom meeting or you're not emailing you're in a virtual 3d environment that is like your office yeah so you're sitting at a desk but you see your coworkers' avatars walking around absolutely insane and and that's what they're going for like they literally have like they want to get it to where instead of you like ordering a book on amazon you're going to get into this virtual reality world and you're going to go to the bookstore and tour the bookstore and pick out your book yeah instead of you in real life riding your bike to the bookstore and actually going through the bookstore they're trying to simulate real life as much as possible yes and and they're and it's like and it's a business opportunity too for these big tech companies because they're going to make it to where you know you can do that and and buy an amazon book through this virtual world they're gonna like you can go to concerts like you can and pay for it with money yeah and that's one other thing we need to talk about is the the hypothetical concept of the metaverse exists in smaller parts throughout all of tech yes the biggest example is Fortnite, which started off as a basically a shooter video game i think yes which i've never played this one this is another one i'm never going to (laughs) touch right but it's been popular for years now Mm-hmm. Three, four years that I've been hearing about it at least. But the shooter video game turned into a social environment where you would do other activities outside of it's it. It's ridiculous. And I, I think it was this year, our guy Travis Scott, who had that Houston concert that yeah. was a disaster. Yeah. Which nobody's talking about anymore. Right. That just disappeared immediately. A lot of crazy shit going on with that. He had a Fortnite concert that 27 million people signed on and attended virtually. Unreal. On Fortnite. Unreal. No, obviously before he killed all those people at his other concert. Right. Think about that for a second. Uh, Twenty seven million people or something like that. Like they're like they're trying to make it to where you if you're like in school, you can 
you can go to any part of the world and like study with your other avatar friends. Yeah. And you can it, like it's it's crazy. Like it's insane. And I was watching a few videos. The one is somebody from the Wall Street Journal, one of their tech senior tech writers mm-hmm. wanted to do 24 hours in the metaverse or what exists of the metaverse right now, which is mostly just a collection of apps that you can kind of explore through. Mm-hmm. So she basically was like, I'm going to have my headset on as much as I can over 24 hours. I'm going to take it off to eat, uh, take care of herself, basically go to the bathroom, brush your teeth, whatever. And she took it off when she was sleeping, but she didn't plan on it. It just it came off during sleep, basically. Mm-hmm. But she spent 24 hours in the metaverse. And she said that, well, number one, her head was fried from staring at the screen the yeah, entire shit. time. That was the worst part of it. But she said that there were parts of it, even if it wasn't like reality, there were parts that felt really authentic. Like the one where she went to a comedy club mm-hmm. in, a, in a social setting. And she said that it felt real like it felt like she was there like the comedian was up there and she had a really hot avatar and the comedian was hitting (laughs) on her avatar in virtual reality unreal and she said that she was surprised as to how real it felt even though she thought it overall was a terrible experience yeah there were parts of it that somehow even with these robotic blocky lego looking characters made it feel real to her made it feel like she was actually there it's unbelievable, dude. I gotta, I gotta read you some of this shit that I found in this Wall Street Journal. Okay, let's listen to this article. So, in the metaverse, tech gurus say people will see and interact with each other in the form of avatars. But with the anticipated advances in graphics, these would look more lifelike than a cartoonish avatar, uh, similar to, uh, you know, the normal shit you see in like Minecraft and shit like that. Sure. Now, this was according to Darren. S- I think that's how you say that. T-S-U-I. So? Sue? I don't know. I don't even know. He's the uh, chief executive of Together Labs Incorporated, a developer of social technologies in Palo Alto, California. Avatars could also represent deceased individuals including family members and friends as well as historical figures, and with help from artificial intelligence seemingly bring them back to life. The Avatar experience will feel so real that you can hardly tell the difference between a virtual meeting and a physical meeting, says Dr. Sue. And the virtual experience will be better. That's what this guy is saying. Uh, this this was another long article, but like some of the shit I was reading in this article really, really scared the hell out of me. Metaverse entrepreneurs won't take cash, tech visionaries say. So transactions Transactions might involve credit cards and online payment services like PayPal. So now this is a privacy issue. You get into the, just like with Facebook, they have all your information and everything like that. This is just another way for businesses and tech companies just to get more of your information. Exactly. That's the other thing that I, I can't really seem to figure out with this is you got Microsoft and Facebook are the big companies investing in this. Yep. But there are lots of tech people out there that say that the metaverse is going to be decentralized. Yeah, because they're saying that it's it's a lot of it will be with you know through blockchains and uh, cryptocurrencies and shit like that. But obviously not if this, Microsoft. This and is this is going to be this is going to be a huge business opportunity for a lot of these tech companies. Hundred percent, they're going to be running ads on this thing. They're going to bet money on it. Well, exactly, and that's the other thing too is. Everything, and that's the biggest principle of economics that people seem to forget, is whatever the hell we're talking about, whether we're talking about cryptocurrency, blockchain technology, Mm -hmm. the metaverse, NFTs, 
everything is as valuable as somebody decides it is. Yeah. And that's the thing that I'm trying to figure out with the metaverse is people are deciding that there's a lot of value here. And I'm trying to figure out who these people are. And we look at, for example, we talk about cryptocurrency for a second. So I think, I think it all ties in really well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, cryptocurrency ideally is a means of exchange. It's not supposed to be an investment as it is... Sure. It's treated more like a stock these days than it is as a means of exchange. Sure. It's supposed to be a a currency. And the reason why, to me, at least Bitcoin took off the way that it did was it facilitated lots of transactions that people didn't want tracked normally. Right. Like, you can't give your credit card to a hitman. Right. (laughs) But you can give a Bitcoin (laughs) to a hitman and make it a lot more anonymous. You know what I mean? Sure. That's the reason why I think Bitcoin took off how it did. And then we look at all these other subsequent cryptocurrencies. Right. It's not about how valuable it's going to be because nobody cares about how valuable it's going to be. Is it can it do something better than what Bitcoin is doing? Right. So every other currency is really competing with Bitcoin because Bitcoin establishes themselves quickest. Exactly. And yes, there are going to be people that are going to get high on a cryptocurrency, whatever the fuck the cryptocurrency is, whether it's Mooncoin or Starcoin or Litecoin or whatever the fuck. I sure. But it's dependent on can it do its job better than what Bitcoin can do. Right now, at least. Right. Can it add more value to the marketplace and the means of exchange and what Bitcoin can do? And that's that's basically that's basically the rule for all things digital. Exactly. I mean, this really awesome opinion piece I, I found on LinkedIn, uh, this guy named David Dutching. I think that's how you say that. Sure. Um, I would urge everyone to go read this article about the metaverse. But basically, he makes a lot of interesting um, arguments in this opinion piece. But basically, digitalization is only successful when the needs cater to somebody else. So, like, you know, you have companies like Airbnb and Uber. Sure. And that, th- those match people because people need something. Exact right. And freaking Facebook. Facebook was supposed to be connecting people. Yes. Right. From your past or meeting new people now, sharing life experiences, yada yada yada. But what that's actually done is instead of making us happy, it's turned us more unhappy. Because now we have all of these lives that aren't even real and you're trying to you're trying to compare yourself with all these with all the shit you're seeing on social media. And that's a very important point. And I was trying to come up with a good way to summarize a similar concept when I was doing my research with this because I was thinking about it this way. What is the difference between the metaverse and the internet? Exactly. But if we use this example that you just featured for a second, you talked about Uber and Airbnb in comparison to Facebook. Yep. Uber does something tangible for people. Yes. Airbnb does something tangible for people. Yep. It solves a problem quicker than most other solutions are at this point. Right. When you treat the internet as how the internet was created, it just makes it easier to find out information, solve problems, yada, yada, yada. You can, like, it started off with basketball scores. Checking basketball scores was the, 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 that's a famous example of somebody that got really big in the internet bubble before the internet bubble happened. Right. They realized, hey, I can find out the score of this game quicker through the internet than I can waiting for the newspaper to get printed the next day, basically. Right. Facebook doesn't have that in reality. Now, it can with certain communities. Like, for example, the biggest reason why I'm still on Facebook, and I've contemplated deleting mine every single day for the last three years. The biggest reason why I stay on is I find out more from, about work stuff through Facebook than I do anywhere else. Right. I don't want to be stuck in a hour long text chain with my entire shop right. trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. I'd rather 
seeing on Facebook and then be able to relax or understand the rumors quicker, basically. And it's, and it, you know, it's also a, a control mechanism. Oh, 100% is. Because reality, you, you just can't beat what reality is. There's nothing like, where we use the book bookstore analogy earlier. Sure. Yeah, you can you can freaking go into Amazon, onto Amazon, order a book, and then it be delivered to your house. But there's, no, there's nothing, nothing beats going to an old bookstore and exactly. going through the books. And, and you know what I mean? And smelling the pages. Exactly. And just and, enjoying and, the process. So they're drawing you in more to these. To the to this social media and to these virtual realities, so that you don't experience reality, and so that you don't want to go back. And it's it's a very slippery slope for society going down this way. It's very it's something like this is very dangerous, in my opinion. This metaverse shit. I agree a lot. And the other thing that we need to add into this real quick is the unfortunate reality of the metaverse is it's created primarily by computer engineers. Yep. And I hate stereotyping anybody ever, but computer engineers are never going to be the most social. Never. Socially adept people out there. Sure. So they are simulating reality as they understand it mm-hmm. in these programs. And that's the unfortunate reality. You're going to have a concept of humanity that is defined for the broad mm-hmm. by a very, very, very narrow group of people. Yes. And it's going to make people more like them. It's going to make them antisocial. It's going to make them depressed. And it's going to make them because they're not going to, they're not going to, no one's going to be prepared for actual reality when they, it actually hits. And then that's the other thing too. You, you get so much happiness from social media. You get on there, you see everything you want to see. You have people liking your shit. Sure. You have people commenting on your shit. You're, you're posting filtered pictures of yourself that aren't even real. Exactly. And then when you actually don't get that happiness in the real world, what's damn, the point? What's fucked. the point of it? You're fucked. Unless you can isolate yourself as far as possible. Exactly. And we see this to an extent, and honestly, video games is the start of this as far as I'm concerned. Sure. But then again, too, I think about my happiest moments playing video games. It is never playing by myself. It's always been with a buddy at the house when we're competing. Like, one of the best video game moments ever was a few years ago. Josh came over and Tim was over. Mm -hmm. And we were playing Soul Calibur Six, which is a stupid fighting game. Mm -hmm. And we just sat there with these things that we didn't understand. We didn't understand any of it. 100%. We were just trying to fight each other. And then, like... For example, Josh had a combo that he would just click two buttons and me and Tim just couldn't beat it. <laughs> so he beat us. We'd go back and forth trying to beat him and we couldn't beat him. Yeah, dude. Like we had we had such we had so much uh playing guitar hero with like dad and playing exactly. with playing burnout. Like we got my sister to freaking play video games because of burnout. Burnout playing burnout was so much fun. Oh yeah, we played a little bit of burnout too. And you you just can't beat you just can't beat that interaction. And it's the and I, I really do believe something like this metaverse is putting a damper on humanity, honestly. It's destroying our humanity. Exactly. I agree with that. And then the other thing, too, is there are lots of people that, for whatever reason, are just not, they don't want to do deal with the real world. Yeah. They don't want to 100%. go outside. And I get that to an extent. Like, I hate running errands. I hate going to the store. I hate doing shit. But I still go to work every day. I still deal with people. Exactly. And it also depends on your attitude towards life. Yeah, you know, like am I am I gonna just gonna am I just gonna walk into work and just be pissed because I don't want to be here? Am I or am I actually gonna make the best of what's going on right now? And that's the other thing too that people are starting to lose is it's like it's work. It's gonna be terrible. Let's not try to make it fun. And that's always the worst part of the day. Like yes. 100%. There's always something going on that you can have fun with if you at least right. have the social skills to make it try to happen. Like that's why I absolutely loved the first team I was on sure. because you know the people I worked with, we tried to make the day as fun as possible, and we still do. We still do. I mean, I still see them, you know, every day, and exactly. the, the times that I see them throughout the day, that's the best part of the day. Exactly, and that's a good thing because it's important to be social. It's yeah. important, and I'm pretty anti-social. 
in general, but it but, is important. It really does help. But could you could you could you imagine just being drawn up in this and just vacuumed into this just, metaverse thing to to a point where you can't get out? It just seems like the most miserable existence. Exactly. And I feel like these big tech companies and the establishment are trying to push us towards this. Of course they are. It just makes us le- less capable in everything else. Yeah, and uh, it's gonna dumb us down. Hundred percent. Oh, it's a hundred percent gonna dumb us down, and I feel like every aspect of media is dumbing us down. I mean, technology in general is dumbing us down. Yeah, and I'm not gonna try to go Unabomber style because there is advantages to being able to utilize technology smartly to accomplish goals. Sure, but if I have a day off and it's cold out, it's nothing but screen time or books for me. Right, and that's not healthy. And I realized quickly having a couple of days off here and there, it's just it's not. There's nothing good about it. Right. So lately I've been trying to figure out, like, what the hell can I do? Like, I need to start, like, getting out in the wild more. Like, I want to start right. go, going camping. I want to go hiking. Right. Just turn the phone off. Get my, I, I'm getting my fishing license this year. Fishing's fun. Dude, I'll get it, and too. We'll go fishing. 100%. We got to start doing just something like that, just to get out in the wild. <laughs> right. Leave the phones in the car or just not have to worry about them for a few hours. Yeah, that's, you know, it, you know, we, we've been trying to get out more too. Like we took a trip down to Hocking Hills. There you go. In, uh, kind of like center Ohio ish sure. area. Sure. South, South kind of, yeah. yeah, South central. Um, so that was really awesome. Got to experience nature and it was awesome. Like there's nothing, there's nothing in a computer realm that could beat that experience for me with my family. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, sure. We could all get on our virtual reality headsets and we can all go visit China, go walk the Great Wall with each other's avatars, but it's just, it'll never, it's not the same. It's not the same shit. It's not the same. I like doing stuff with my hands. I just like, like, yeah. like I'm trying to think about like this year, this year, there I haven't done a whole lot outside of the podcast, basically. But like one of the best days was when we assembled that gondola at my parents' house with Tim, yeah. Tim and my dad. Yeah. Just got the tools out, and we were like, we're going to figure this shit we're out, We're going to fucking do it. Hell yeah. And it's like us hours, and my head was completely sunburned because I didn't have a hat on, and <laughs> we were sweating, but it was just it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, man. And it was fun sitting back underneath the thing, cracking open a Michelob yeah, after man. the fact. That's that why, was a good day. That's why, like, I hope, like, I know this shit is going to happen. I just hope it doesn't. I know. But then again, too, I was thinking about it real quick, and as we kind of wrap up the discussion, I feel like we could do so much more with this. We could. But there is an aspect of humanity that's biological, meaning we're still sacks of meat at the end of the day, basically. Right. And when you look at animals in general, the strongest animals are the ones that consistently face challenges and can overcome them. Yep, and adapt. And can adapt, exactly. Now, there's a physical aspect to that, and there's a mental aspect to it. I think both are equally important. Both those metaverse were taking away a lot of it. 100%. We're taking away a lot of the mental aspect of it because there is no real risk in the metaverse to your physicality. Like, right. what the hell is going to happen if you're playing a video game and you die? There's no risk there. Yeah, you're just going to regenerate. Exactly. <laughs> And then you look at the physical aspect of it. Sure, they're going to say, oh, we got these workout programs. And that's the engineering trying to slap a Band-Aid. The engineers are trying to slap a Band-Aid on right. the fact that people are going to be sitting around for way more than they should ever be sitting around. We're going to... Have you ever seen Wally? Yes, and that's the other that's thing, where too. where we're going. That's where we're going. That's exactly where we're going. And we're, they're <laughs> trying to act like it's not what's going to happen. And it's like... That is my... That's what I point to every single time when people are like... <laughs> Wally, man. But then again, the scary thing to me is... There are so many people out there that I've talked to, like, personally, mm-hmm. 
that want this and are ready for it. It's insane. It's, that, be- it's because they people don't want to take responsibility for anything in life anymore. They don't want to. They don't want meaning. They just want to. They just want to exist and they want to do what they want. Unfortunately, it's it's like uh, what's the book uh, Huxley? What the hell did he write? Brave New World, I think. Uh huh. Where it's just it's like hedonism exaggerated beyond belief. <laughs> I think. I never actually read it, but I mean, just think about it. Who who would want to exist in that if they if they didn't if they didn't feel like they had any type of responsibility or or meaning in the world? Well, that's their like, problem well, too. What's the other, like? Why not go in there? Why not do that? You know that's, what I, mean? I feel like we're programmed for it. Like you look at our cultural situation, you look at the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. The mainstream media report rewards highly successful celebrities, highly visible talent, mm-hmm. and people that have things that other people can't have. Whether it's mostly good looks or singing ability or sure. some sort of talent. And the mainstream media has done such a good job of glorifying that. Yep. And making the average person, even though they act like anybody can do everything, to make it very obvious that you can't. Exactly. And social media operates as an arm of that with Instagram and Facebook especially. And they make people... you feel like a peasant. Exactly. Especially when they don't follow their own rules. So then we've gotten into such a situation where people that buy into that, the glitz and the glamour, are stuck in an instant gratification-centered existence. Yep. Where they're trying to follow the advice of the successful, the glamorous, the famous, the celebrities. Exactly. While also pursuing instant gratification, which if you don't have their talents, instant gratification lifestyle isn't going to help you at all. It's just going to lead you to nothing. It's going to lead you to complete irrelevance. It's going to lead you to unhappiness. And then we run into a situation where... That's why I don't pay attention to celebrities. You can't. I don't, it's the dumbest thing. Like, I, don't, I, I don't pay attention to anything they say. I don't, don't care. Repeat. I don't care about what they have to say. Don't repeat <laughs> like, really their shit. Don't. People are like, oh my God, this guy says this, therefore that's, that's my belief system now. It's the dumbest thing of all time. People are so infatuated by them. Man. And we can it's like nice. certain people to an extent. Sure. There's a difference between, hey, hey, this guy says a few things that are okay. And, oh my God, this is this is going to define my life now. Right. That's why I hate Twitter because Twitter makes it so easy for people just to retweet whatever. Like, oh, this, this feels good in the here and now. But then again, the people that are always doing it have nothing right. to point at and say, hey, I did this. <laughs> hey, I accomplished this. This is me. Right. There's no aspect of that anymore. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> I feel like the metaverse is it's bad news and it just it made me it really made me look at my life and it's like I need to start getting out of the real world even more than I am like I don't want to be I play video games a little bit I don't want to be playing video games every day I know man I probably play once a week I wanted to add this in because this just sounds so absolutely ridiculous then we can cut off this this discussion but just adding on to what I was saying um, transactions might involve credit cards online payment services like PayPal but it's likely that cryptocurrency blockchain technology will play a major role according to Mr. Egan this way for example those virtual pets okay so you can have a virtual pet in this world apparently could have verified virtual DNA akin to the non-fungible non-fungible tokens or NFTs NFTs that certify the ownership of a div- digital art as a result he says virtual animals might be bred for speed which could allow for virtual races and betting this is getting it's, it's absolutely ridiculous i was trying to figure out a way to work out nfts into this discussion i had it written down <laughs> there it non-fungible is non-fungible tokens yep are <laughs> It's it's just a ridiculous concept. It is, and the thing with non fungible tokens, as opposed to most blockchain chain technology like cryptos, is one NFT does not equal another NFT. Mm-hmm. Where one Bitcoin technically equals another Bitcoin. Yeah, NFTs you don't know what the fuck it is, <laughs> and it's 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 all over my. I head, actually made man. a few. I made a few hundred bucks investing in an NFT company <laughs> once. So 
I got kind of into it for a little bit, but it's like the technology supposedly, like you think about the, like the Mona Lisa, for example, it's one painting. Mm-hmm. You can take a picture of it, a really good, like a high resolution painting, but it's not going to be the Mona Lisa. Right. It's like doing that with like files. Right. So like the one that sold was the Charlie bit my finger. You ever see that YouTube video where the little kid? Yep. That's now an NFT and somebody owns the official video. <laughs> they pay like a million dollars for it. Jesus. And that's where a lot of the people, investors are making money with the metaverse is they're creating apps. They're creating things within the app. So they think are going to be valuable and they're trying to get people to buy it. Unreal. And people are acting like this is like revolutionary technology. And it's just like, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it really is a kind of a joke if you think about it. It's just, but then again, you too, can, you, can, you can really make money doing anything in this damn country. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and people are gonna be like, "Well, what's the difference between the stock market?" And there really isn't much. Sure, if you think sure. of, if you think about it in broad terms. Sure. So it's it's mind blowing. I just want to go fishing. It's bad. This is I don't know. I think it, I think it's a bad thing. This is maybe just want to go fishing. We're gonna go fishing, man. Yeah, we absolutely are. You, know, you know what we should do in like maybe five to seven years? We should go in on a boat. We should get a boat, man. Okay. Yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah, we should get a boat. I've thought about it. Yeah, we could go in on one because I can't imagine there's going to be a scenario where you and I are both going to want to go boating on the same day <laughs> and we're both going to want to go to two different places without each other. Right. So we could probably we could probably pull that off. We could probably do that, yeah. Anyways, the multiverse, the worst thing that's ever going to happen to humanity. I, I agree. I was watching real quick. I was watching Rogan and Ben Shapiro. Talking okay. about the multiverse or the, the in the newest one, the, the metaverse, and it was a relatively new episode. Yeah, and Shapiro, Shapiro was just like, "This is how humanity dies because this is how people <laughs> stop having kids." Exactly. He said, "You're gonna have yep. you're gonna have religious Jews, you're gonna have religious Catholics, you're gonna have Muslims." Yes, I. It's just what the world's saying. gonna turn into. <laughs> <laughs> He's so right, though. I and, mean, he he is right. Yeah. So yeah, and the other thing too is I just I don't see how the entire world gets on board with this because I don't this see is either. we're we we've got tech people creating a product for tech savvy people who care about technology. That is not the entire world. Just because we see it as internet users doesn't mean that that's everybody. True. And there are going to be people out there that just are not into this type of shit, that hardcore. They got firearms at home, (laughs) supplies, or basic skills. Are you going to get a firearm in your virtual house? What is it going to do? Absolutely nothing. Exactly. And that's that's what's gonna that's what's gonna keep the concept of the metaverse in check is there's always gonna be people outside of it. Yep. The barbarian horde, if you will. Sure. And they're gonna storm down the walls of Rome. I just I just think it's I just think it's ridiculous how they're bringing dead people back. With yeah, that's one. that the, one really kind of. This ugh. is this is, that is that is insane. I feel like this is purely a humanistic creation. The humanists have gone so far in their anti-spiritual beliefs. It's insane. But they are trying to negate every aspect of spirituality within humanity through the multiverse yep. or the, the metaverse. Yep. I feel like it's to further isolate people from their true purpose. Death is a natural part of life, unfortunately. We're all going to go. Yep. Like, it's that that is something that humans have had to deal with forever. And you, you have to deal with the mourning of it. You have to deal with the consequences of death, yada, yada, yada. They're trying to make it to where you don't have to experience that. You can just see your dead relative whenever the hell you want. It's not healthy. It, in, in a world that, yeah, that's going to drive people mad. And then what if the system crashes? And you don't have well, that's your other problems. Too. And you don't have your reality. Is and you know what I mean? Like it's just the, a recipe for disaster. The council of five might not always be there to protect <laughs> us from the solar flares. Exactly. Could you imagine if the like eighty five percent of the world's population is on this metaverse most of the time, and they live in like 
you know, like Luke Skywalker in episode five, he lives in that little bubble for a little yeah, bit. Yeah. They live in that, but that's where they're living full time. <laughs> and then a solar flare pops up and just crashes the electric grid. <laughs> and then that's the end. That's, that, that, that is the end of it all. That is the end of We're it. We're back in the pioneer days, basically. Exactly. The hunter gatherers. Yeah. It's a, it's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> exactly. Anyways. To the well-organized mind, death is but the next great adventure. Anyways, that's our metaverse discussion. Tweet us at 30 in the let us know what you think about the metaverse. And please check us out on Meta. (laughs) (laughs) Check us out on Meta. Comment on our Meta page. And um, again, thank you, Paige, for the really awesome topic this week. Yes, I wasn't sure about this one, like right off the bat. But (laughs) it was just like, we have to talk about this. And I feel like this one we're going to have to revisit. It's fantastic. So, yes, thank you very much, Paige, for recommending this one. I appreciate it. Ben appreciates it. We we were very happy with with this idea. And, uh... Please check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms. Um, we kind of exist on the metaverse, I guess, at this point. People sure. are probably listening to our show on the metaverse. One day, yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully not in our lifetime. Hopefully not. And if you've enjoyed this discussion, please go outside and do something. Go fishing. Go fishing. Go play some disc golf. Go hiking. Hey, if any of you guys go out fishing and you see Pat and I fishing, we will send you free merch. We definitely will. Um, Tim wants to jump in on the merchandising team. All right, sweet. Tim, you're on. He's not qualified for any of this, so. Oh. So I'm hoping that he can train himself. I'm hoping he's a self-starter. <laughs> you ever see those on job listings, uh, self-starter? Uh, it's a term that jo- companies use sure. in a job application. They're like, we need a self-starter. Okay. So, Tim, if you want to be our self-starter. There we go. Uh, we'll do some research, figure out what we need to do to get some merchandise going. I think he'd be good. I think he'd be good at it. I think so. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. Please check us out on all the social media, whatever. Tell your friends. Definitely. Tell your friends in person. Yes, tell them in person. Listen to the show in person. Shake their hand. Drink a beer with them. Yep. Anyways, time to get out of here. So Peace. Are you familiar with the actor, Terry Crews? Uh, he's in the Expendables. He's in the Old Spice commercials. Terry Crews. Is he in um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Is that No. Him? Terry Crews? Who the hell am I thinking of? I'm going to show you a picture real quick. Who the hell am I thinking of? You know who Terry Crews is? This guy? Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm thinking of a white dude. <laughs> Why am I thinking of a white dude right <laughs> I don't now? know. Terry Crews, yes. So you're familiar with the actor Terry Crews. Yes, I definitely am. And I, I, think, I think I did know that he played in the NFL at one point. The postdoctoral scholar in marine chemistry and ge- geochemistry at Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution in Massachusetts. 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 This related piece has long been a mystery now. Anyways. To the well-organized mind, death is but the next great adventure. Thank you, Mr. Tolkien. Was that a Tolkien quote? No, it's Dumbledore. Same same difference. (laughs) Anyways, on that note, about ready to get out of here. Peace. Were you, were you ready to go? We, we, can't, we can't end it like <laughs> okay, that. Okay, sorry. Cut.